0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 206, The Fly Franchise, Part 1, The Original Trilogy, with special guest host, John Haru.
1: Welcome to
0: the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers. To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger
1: or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber.
0: Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes.
1: Villains. Kong versus Captain Kirk.
0: Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so is was that He created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about a scary movie series, if not the actual scary movies from the series. (laughs) We'll get into it, uh, because this is part one of a two-part episode. And for both parts of this two-part episode, I am not joined by Evan. I'm not joined by Steve. I'm not joined by Dr. Jace. But I'm also not here alone. I've been joined by John Haryu. A uh, friend of the podcast, so welcome, John. Hello. And uh, we are here to talk about the franchise of The Fly. And yes. So that's why it's in two two parts. This part we're going to talk about right now in this episode are the original three, the, the original trilogy, I guess. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the 80s remake duology, because there's only two of them they didn't get to a trilogy with with those ones so
1: i'm i'm not entirely certain there's a word for what they are as far
0: as two movies well you mean in general or do you mean specifically these ones well
1: i mean well i mean i'm just talking about as far as a duology i'm not sure that's an actual word
0: it doesn't have to be it, <laughs> it means what we want it to mean and so we say it and use it uh cuz i mean let's face it you have like the hitchhikers guide to the galaxy trilogy there's six books in that now
1: Uh, that is true i have them all but i have them all in one giant compilation so i just
0: look at it as one i have it in one compilation and then the next book and then the next book because my compilation was an old one before the before mostly harmless and uh whatever that ian colfer one yeah called which i read and it was okay but uh okay so we're here to talk about the fly though right now and you know (laughs) ology Terms aside, um, the first r- movies, there's three of them. So I guess that makes them a trilogy, but I'm not sure if they're a trilogy.
1: <laughs> As, there's, it, it depends on if you want to include that third one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to include the third one? But then I guess the other <laughs> the other question <laughs> is um, not just do you want to include the third one, but do they go together? Because uh, there's some funky timing with with the chronology i i'm not sure what's canon and what's not when i watch these three movies but we'll we'll get into that so right hey what's your what's your uh, background with the fly how how were you introduced Uh, to it um how, how often or was this your first time seeing some of these
1: no i saw the original uh vincent price fly gosh i think i was i'd have to say i was probably 13 I was at home, had a bad case of strep throat that went to my eye and became pink eye and went to my ears and uh, gave me a massive ear infection. So I was effectively half blind and half deaf at home during the uh, school day and sitting on the couch watching the uh, sci-fi channel and the original fly came on. I think that was the first time I actually watched the original fly um other than that i'd seen bits of the cronenberg movie and that's about the extent of it
0: oh okay so yeah i've seen all these movies um the fly itself my introduction to that was my fifth grade teacher mr banky who didn't play it for us but he talked about it with us and he he's the guy who introduced me to john carter and to tarzan uh books i should say um He, I couldn't believe that I actually had a teacher who liked Star Trek and talked about Star Trek in class. Um, I remember him uh, vividly, like acting out an episode, Um, But then he talked about this movie. And then, of course, I had also seen bits of this original one on TV whenever there'd be something about sci-fi movies or sci-fi, you know, like uh, icons of sci-fi kind of things. And I, I'm pretty sure I had seen the end of this movie when I was like ten. But didn't actually see the entire movie itself until I was an adult.
1: Oh, if you want to talk about bits of the movie, I can distinctly say that the first time I've seen any of the original movie was uh, in when uh, the first time I saw the movie Little Monsters with Fred Savage. Oh, huh. there, there's the scene. There's the scene where he's up late at night, and they got the end scene where uh, they got the uh, white-headed fly in the web, and the it's spiders coming on him. With the whole help
0: me scene. Yeah, see, I knew the help me part. By the way, we're going to be spoiling these movies. So,
1: oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even think about. that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't think about giving a warning. (laughs) But the original Fly, at least as of like two weeks ago here in October of what 2016, it was on Netflix. And I can say right now, I highly recommend watching it. Uh, without giving away too much how, how i feel i guess but um check it out if you've not if you've never seen it it is a classic of sci-fi it might feel like sci-fi homework a little bit maybe in some bits but it really it moves along well and it's full color and it's got vincent price and it's like it's got transportation or trans uh transporter technology um it's it watch it and and so i'll i'll stop there um but when you come back we'll finish talking about this after you're done watching it okay hey great you're back all right thanks <laughs> um, so yeah uh i had seen bits and pieces on tv uh the cronenberg fly i saw again it was as an adult um probably in college but uh the return of the fly curse of the fly i didn't know this but i i don't think curse of the fly has been available until just recently for like home viewing.
1: I um, think there was probably a reason for that. We'll, we'll get into it.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. Um, and then there was a, uh, when, when the fly came out on DVD in a box set, I purchased that and then purchased um, the Cronenberg fly and the fly Two. And I went to a film convention um, or film festival rather. And I was by myself. And so I ended up, Uh, when I was in back in my hotel room, uh, before I go to bed, I'd watch one of the fly movies and watch them all in very short succession. And, uh, that was, that was interesting. I bet. And yeah. So then the other thing that I did now, I've watched them all again for these podcast episodes, but I watched the fly, the original one twice, once by myself and once with my kids because I was very curious to see what they thought about it. Yeah. The fly, the fly, the original fly was 1958 and full color cinemascope uh Vincent Price he p- doesn't play a bad guy in it he's he's not scary at all this is kind of i think you
1: know he, be, you right. know being the horror buff that i am and it, it 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 it's it's common perception that Vincent Price has a tendency to play the bad guy in most of his films but ultimately he really
0: doesn't or at least not in most of what i've seen I get surprised when I watch a Vincent Price movie. I'm always expecting that. I think the one that he was that I can think of. There's one where he's like doing murdering people. Um, in I can think Shakespeare, uh, theater of blood, or something like that.
1: I can think of two off the top of my head that I, that I can say, yeah, he was the bad guy. There was a House of Wax, and uh, then The Abominable Dr. Phibes.
0: Okay. Yeah. So anyway, he's known for being scary, I think, maybe more because he did the narration for Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that. That's pop culture height right there in the 80s. But yeah. And as a child of the 80s, of course, I heard I hear his voice. And that's what I'm thinking about is, is that narration. But see, see, I always go back to Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Yeah. He's very he's very kindly in that one. Yeah, and in this he is too. I mean, he's the he's the brother of the title character, I guess. So it's yeah. there's there's some funky stuff going on here. It's taking place in Montreal in in Quebec, and it's not the horror movie that you would expect it to be based on the popular imagery that comes out of this. Like basically all the popular imagery like the fly's eyes view and the help me at the end that scary stuff i guess uh they've lifted it but there's not much more that's scary this is really more psychological thriller i guess i don't know if thriller is quite the right word but um a murder a murder has occurred and it's a murder that couldn't possibly be a suicide and the man who was murdered his wife admits to it and then the whole, like, first half of the movie is trying to get her to tell the story of why she did it. Yeah. And it's, it definitely sets up the the tone of things. My son, my 15-year-old son, he said, I, I liked it. It's not like anything I've ever seen before. And that's because it's really slow. I mean, it's not Captain America. It's not the Avengers, you know. It's
1: yeah, and that was that was one thing that I noticed about it when I first uh, put it in to rewatch it for doing this uh, doing this episode is that well, one there there was a lot I didn't remember for to it from uh, the first time I had watched it, but also there was a pacing to it that was very contrary to modern movie pacing. But uh, if you uh, watch any other movies from that time period, like the original House on Haunted Hill. Or uh, Todd Browning's Freaks, uh, the the pacing of movies back then was more slow and plodding. It, I, it was a slow
0: boil. Yeah, rather, I'd than, say deliberate. Right. You know, it's it's intentional, and the audiences had the patience for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So well, I mean, what else are it. they going to
1: do? Go home and watch TV.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> no. <you know? laughs> well, maybe, but they want to see it color. Right. You know. And yeah, so. Of course this is where you then find out that um her husband's a scientist and uh Vincent Price Francois is uh the they co-own a or co-have a uh, a family fortune and so they're they're able to spend lots and lots of money uh they basically have all the money in the world that they can spend and they spend it on scientific experiments and Andre has discovered the secret to teleportation. And so if you know anything about this, you know that he was teleporting from one spot to another, a fly gets in there and his DNA is spliced with the fly's DNA. And then you get into some really interesting stuff where he's trying to fight it. He's trying to hide it. He covers his head with a a towel and lets his wife come in and he's willing to let her help him. He has to communicate with her through a typewriter, but she won't he won't let her see him. And so you're just thinking, what's under what's under the the rag? What's what's under there? And then she finally sees it, she freaks out, you know, but then she comes to help him again and she has, they have to find the white-headed fly that their son did find, but then she made him get rid of it and put it outside, so that they're gonna try and reverse everything and Um Yeah, it just It's all of these ideas. That are brand new, super fresh, back then, and we've seen this happen now. I mean, now you're like, oh, this is five episodes of Star Trek, (laughs) um, plus the motion picture, right? You know, I mean, something goes wrong with the teleportation device, and and then in the end, this is where you get that classic. um, They they kill. She has killed the human who is part fly by crushing utterly in a, um, a metal press uh, his head and arm. So they can't ever discover what he was, what he had become. And then, you know, they're going to charge her with murder until they are outside the police, uh, the police um, detective and uh, Vincent price. And they see in the web, the white headed fly. And that is the fly that is now part man. And it is saying, help me, please help me as a spider is getting ready to eat it.
1: That scene was horrific, by the way. I, when I was watching that this last time, I'm watching that. And the look on the dude's face when that spider's coming over the top of him, <laughs> I'm watching that. That literally made my skin crawl. And I've, I've seen, you know, being the resident horror buff on this side of the country here, I'd, I've seen some pretty grisly stuff. But, I mean, that scene right there, just the look of sheer anticipation of what's about to happen on that guy's face, just uh. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, I'm curious because – this is the first time we hear the fly speak uh the white-headed fly they caught the fly they let it go they're trying to catch it before it it flies out uh through the hole in the screen and everything and so i'm wondering you know when it gains sentience if you know he the human is becoming more and more fly-like but if the fly was becoming more and more human-like as time passed by i'm not i'm not sure but interesting Uh, I'd love to see a story done from the perspective of the fly that had the human head, kind of realizing he's different and realizing that he can think about things in ways he never could before or something like that. I think there'd be some really interesting possibilities there. Kind of a a Flowers for Algernon kind of thing, only with a fly that's going to get crushed by a rock.
1: Well, you got to think that the beginning of that story, then you're going to see me seeing some dude flying around eating garbage for the first half of the movie. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So and that fly lasts a long time because it, it's a long period of time. It, it, it just stays in the area, you know. Yeah, and they're able to find it, you know, outside. They've been looking for it for a week, something like that. I'm not sure, but yeah. But there's not a lot of like scary monster stuff. There's not, you know, you don't. There's no uh, fly, fly monster rampage, or there's kind of one. He gets close to it. Yeah,
1: yeah, but you also have to take into account, you know, the time period for which it was made. I mean, you talk you talk about those older monster movies. You talk about like the original Frankenstein back in the '30s, and you had stories of women that were fainting in the theater the first time they saw the uh, monster on the screen. um, You know, and so it's just like back then, it didn't take a lot to really scare people Uh, and it's kind of a statement on uh, modern uh, society Mm -hmm. and modern filmmaking uh, that you know it takes more and more to scare us and more and more to shock us because we become more cynical as a society i think um not to get on a soapbox about it by any stretch but
0: well but this you know it's that slow burn it's that slow build but it's building up to a handful of very sharp shock right you know, where the head is revealed and the woman screams and, and we're not, I mean, we're, we're throwing off kilter already because we're trying to figure out what does this thing look like as we're looking at, you know, the head, but then you get the fly vision and it's the woman screaming from his perspective through all the segmented, you know, eye sections or whatever it is that, you know, hexagons. Yeah. And then um, it's just this quick boom, boom, boom. And, and, You know, she's freaking out. And then again, at the end where they, they, they kill the fly with the, with the white head. But then the other thing is just that mystery too. This is not a, a slasher film. This is a, this is a mystery. Yeah. It's why, why in the world did she kill her husband? And not only that, uh, you know, it it clearly couldn't have been suicide because they, they, they could have had that excuse but the machine press comes down and goes back up and comes down again right well why did you do it twice right you know and well she, we know we find out that she did it twice because the arm fell out and, yeah and and so she had to go back and put the arm back in so that the arm would be just completely smashed to you know the the less than a millimeter you know that kind of thing right it's just it's just smear now and so that was the other surprise when i first watched it as an adult having seen a lot of the different pieces and parts of it is is to realize wait a minute we're just starting here and it it's all flashback it's all build up and you know i i don't think i could talk uh I don't think I could stop talking unless we stop my unless I make myself stop uh, about how good this is. There's there's just a very good movie here. Oh, I agree. Uh, maybe not to everyone's taste, but I think everyone could recognize this is a really well made, well constructed uh, mystery that, you know, she there's there's a whole part where she's trying to pretend that she's crazy, uh, which almost gets her off the from the murder. But then she starts to think they're on his side as they're putting the piece or they're on her. Her side as they're putting the pieces together. Right. Uh, Vincent Price lies to her. She she thinks he's caught the white headed fly, and she says, "I'll tell you the story as long as you promise to kill it." And then it turns out you know he was just totally lying to her. And yeah, um, it's it's a good character piece. I I like it a lot. So now,
1: now was it just me or at the beginning of the movie when they show the uh, when they show the machine press? Did you have? Uh, like a reminiscent flashback to the uh, first Terminator at all?
0: (laughs) No. But now (laughs) that you mention
1: it... (laughs) (laughs) I totally did. I'm like watching that and I'm like, oh, Terminator anybody?
0: Huh. No, no, I hadn't. (sighs) I was just... I'm so taken in by that. Even watching it the third and fourth time, even watching it with my kids after I'd just seen it a couple days earlier. um, Just getting pulled into the whole there's this body and there's this woman and a guy who's working at the factory, he comes into the room cause he hears her scream and hears the machine. And yeah. then he comes in and, and you just get this image of the press and there's a, you know, there's blood dripping from it and there's this woman yeah. and she just runs away and it's really, it, it just draws you in. Now yeah. the, the one thing that my, I was proud of my kids for, for catching was the name of the cat. He picks up his cat at the beginning, the the worker at the factory, and I can't remember the name of the the other cat, but he says, oh, your girlfriend is no longer here, you know, and and he names this other cat that has disappeared. He's like, ah, you know, well, then later on, that cat was used in an experiment. Dandolo. Dandolo. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And my kids caught that. Oh, Dandolo. That was the name of the cat that he was talking about earlier that wasn't there anymore. And, that's
1: actually pretty clever. I didn't even piece that together myself until you brought it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's just this really brief thing, but they do a handful of of things like that where just really, really, uh, just some clever writing, and and a solid story. And you know, you could say they don't make it like this anymore, and they don't. Uh, they make other things now, and that's fine. But this is well worth anyone's time, um, and not just as homework, but as as a decent movie.
1: It's and it's definitely a product of his time too, with the way their social interactions work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's even there's even the little boy who had the line, "Well, you know how women you know how women are." Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, you, you have the gentlemen's club. And when <laughs> I say gentlemen's club, I mean it's a it's a club for gentlemen to come and play chess and read and smoke and <laughs> <laughs> okay and the 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 cop he was there. She like called. She called her brother in law to say, "I killed my husband. I killed your brother," and it was like midnight. (laughs) And and this cop is at the gentleman's club, like, and takes the call. Oh, I'll be right there. (laughs) I've got nothing better to do at the moment. I'm playing chess, and we're talking about (laughs) politics. And sure, I'll come check into this murder. So. So, and you you were talking
1: about, you referred to it as teleporter technology when you were introing the movie here. They actually never used that phrase in this movie. No, that was, it, 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 was the disin, it was the disintegrator integrator.
0: That's right. The disintegrator integrator. And it, there's some neat old school sci fi technology going on there in that room, too, where all the lights and the fluorescent oh, yeah. things blinking. And um, it was it was neat and there's that's another small detail is you know she she saw him experimenting and it was sending things like uh champagne and well the cat <laughs> and- okay
1: now, now when he when he because they were talking at the beginning about animal testing and she's like we could never do that and then the yeah. first thing he does is he grabs that cat and he sends it through. Now when Dandel after he puts that through and he's looking for the cat and the cat's disappeared and he's talking poor Dandolo. and you hear that cat meow just out in the out in the ether. I, I you know as, as much as I had a flashback to the Terminator with the iron press in the beginning, <laughs> I, that I went to Poltergeist with that just with the 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 phantom meow coming for out from nowhere i'm like send in carol ann she'll be able to go get it for
0: you <laughs> no i see i didn't go there because my mind is trying to figure out what in the world's making that sound How right is the cat doing that cuz it, it's gone it's disappeared <laughs> and and then it's haunting it's very effective it uh, is but not scientifically very uh no, sound no not at all but it's another detail where he's using these small uh, disintegrator integrators and and then when she comes in after he's done the experiment we don't actually see it and she comes in and there's human sized ones you know it's, oh that is really just this little detail she comes in looks sees it and then uh, it's it's just this is a movie that causes you it doesn't you don't have to think too hard but it's not spoon feeding everything to you it yeah. does spoon feed but only in as much as like we're we have to make up the science that's going on here and so we're going to have you um we're, we're going to tell you everything that you need to know about the science uh to at least follow the story but there's there's all these little details it's just the mark of a, a good clever filmmaker and not a, not a filmmaker is being too clever so yeah okay so let's let's talk about the other two and then we'll 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 circle back around and talk about some theme theme type stuff that's going on in these movies because I hear you, you have some some connections or some weak connections I, I have
1: I, I made sure to have a weak connection all for right. each movie excellent all right
0: so Return of the Fly is about the son from the previous movie and he finds out what his father was working on and he's going to successfully complete it and Francois then Price returns and he's not going to help, but then he decides to help uh, and it's Philippe is the guy's name Philippe brings in a friend who is some sort of international criminal, but nobody yeah. knows and so this friend who's an international criminal is going to steal the plans and they end up get you know there's a confrontation uh, the friend pushes Philippe into the is it a transporter now or is it still the I think it's still the disintegrator? Integrator um, or reintegrator, maybe. But, you know, I'm
1: looking at my notes here. I don't note it specifically. Okay. Uh, however, I do think they they do start calling it a tra- uh, teleporter. Okay. I, I do think they do start calling it that.
0: So Philippe is in there and his friend friend, quote unquote, right. thinks the ultimate irony here would be just wonderful to put a fly in there just like happened to his father and he sends him through the transporter. And of course he then is now part fly and he has a fly head and it's a huge fly head compared to the last time. I like
1: the fly head in the original better. I honestly do. This one is more horror movie ish. This one is
0: more the monster on the loose kind of thing.
1: This one's more like I have a pinata stuck on my head. (laughs) Help me get it off.
0: Yeah. And he also has, and this is nice. He has a fly leg. I yes. Yeah. I don't think Andre had the fly leg.
1: No, he had a fly hand.
0: Yeah. Well, they both have fly hands. Both have fly heads. But Philippe goes one step further. Nice oh, pun. That was bad. <laughs> he has the leg. So, yeah. And then the fly itself that went through with him has the uh, human head, human arm, human leg as well. So. Yeah. So. This one does have a little more rampaging, though. It with, does. Uh, bad guys getting killed by Philippe. And Philippe then comes back. They find the fly. They push Philippe and the fly into the machine, go back the other way, and everything's happy. Now, happy I have a, ending.
1: I have a question about this, this teleporter uh, technology. Because, I mean, ultimately, if you think about it, Okay, so you put two living organisms in there. They go through, and the uh, and the uh, molecules get misarranged. Is basically yes. the, well, if you go through with clothes on or something in your pocket, what's to keep that from doing the same thing? Like you get reintegrated into your own clothes or whatever you have on your person.
0: It's a good question, and it's one that they take good care of in the the remakes because they all just go through naked. <laughs>
1: but that's true. There, there's a very naked Jeff Goldblum that I can't expunge from my memory.
0: No, no. But here it's, you know, you just have to go with it because <laughs> there is there is no explanation for it. Um, you, you can't even say, well, you know, it's organic material. I mean, the clothes that they're wearing, I'm right. sure, have cotton and, and plant material in them anyway. But uh, or leather in the shoes even. Yeah. Uh, so then, but we do get a couple other crazy things happen with the transporter. One is, uh, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Is this the one where they have the gigantism? The, yeah, yeah. They use that as an explanation for why the fly's head might be so big huge. Early yeah. on, they send right. an animal through and it comes out and it's huge. Right. And, and then there is uh, our our international criminal guy who's going to sell the plans to some other criminals. He puts uh, a British secret agent or a spy or cop or some I don't know what he's supposed to be.
1: Some kind of law official.
0: Yeah, a law official from England who has come to Canada in order to find this guy. And when he confronts this guy, this guy takes him down, puts him in the transporter with a guinea pig.
1: (laughs) That was glorious. I would have much rather seen a movie about a rampaging half guinea pig man. That would have been...
0: But not this guinea pig man. This one did not look great. It was just, it was just. He had guinea pig paws. He looked like sleeves.
1: He looked like a failed Easter bunny.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then the guinea pig had human hands, which was even worse. Yeah, Uh,
1: that that was terrible.
0: Yeah, that that effect was not great. And The other thing I I think we should mention: we're back. We're in black and white here. I.
1: It's, I didn't like I didn't like that. If you got color for the first it, keep the
0: continuity, uh, it's still what a cinemascope or whatever, but it is so it's, it's widescreen. It's it's glorious widescreen, but no color, which is odd, except that, you know, usually a sequel doesn't have as much money. And, and so they're they're pushing this one out. Let's see. Right. Yeah, this one had, I think, half the budget. Um, you can definitely tell. Yeah. <laughs> you can. <laughs> um they they didn't pay much, a lot
1: of attention to continuity in this one either. Um, one, one thing, like one thing that you, that you'll notice, like at the end of the, uh, first fly, uh, when they're talking to the wife and they're trying to get proof for her story and they're asking her, okay, well, what happened to all the writing on the board? Her response was, I erased it. But when Vincent, in the beginning of this one, when Vincent Price is explaining Andre's death to the son in the basement, you can clearly see everything that was written on the board at the end of the, uh, original fly movie. Yeah.
0: Now that's not just a lack of continuity. They they erased it in the actual movie. Like, right. Someone went back and put it back up there and he had dis- to... he had destroyed
1: his lab and all his and uh, results notes,
0: and stuff he, like that. He burned all of his notes.
1: Right. And then the friend had to go back and got all the notes from the uh, I'm like, what they do, unburn them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's uh, oh, and we're going to get into more, even more continuity <laughs> problems with our next movie. But with this one. It's forgivable, I think, but it is a problem. This is 1959. I mean, this is a year between these two. So, you know, you can talk about how back then, and actually we did talk a little bit about how back then, um, they didn't have any way for you to, to watch on demand. You know, right. it wasn't on VHS. It wasn't on laser disc. It wasn't on, it wasn't even on TV real often you know i mean it, it would just be you know could you catch it or whatever but yeah here you have um people it, this one it's a there's a little bit of this where it's almost like they the, okay i saw it i can write the sequel you know i i can write the sequel i don't know the writer george Langolin and edward burns it's well the story is by him um Yeah, it's a a different screenplay. It's a different, different writer on it. But yeah, it it just feels like, oh, I saw this. I can remember what I saw and I'm going to write the sequel based on memory, not based on, you know, research or actually like tracking down the shooting script or I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did actually watch the movie and were able to in the studio pull the, you know, the film and, and watch it. But it doesn't feel like that.
1: Well, the thing about it also at the time when they were creating horror movies like this or sci-fi, well, I can I call these horror films, but I mean they're really like sci-fi horror if you want to break it down to the brass tacks. But when they were making stuff like this, if they had one hit big, then their usual response was, okay, we need to crank them out as fast as we can to suck the life out of it before. It dies. I mean, that's the reason why Universal got so big so quick is because they were cranking out the sequels to their monster movies. So this was just another one in that chain.
0: And I definitely feel that this is um, 20th Century Fox trying to find their creature from the Black Lagoon, trying to find their Frankenstein, their Wolfman. You know, well, we could do a fly movie every year. They didn't. Right.
1: I, I just wish they would have kept the effects from the original, because especially that head. I hated the head mask in this one because, like, if you see him when he's running away after he's gone through the transformation, he's running to, to into the woods. Um, while he's running, if you watch, he's banging his head into the branches instead of ducking like you would if it was your actual head. And it, that that took me out of the movie a little bit because that kind of telefa- telegraphed the fact that it was actually a mask and not his actual head.
0: Oh, it It's so huge and so (laughs) bulbous. It just—it doesn't make any sense. Like, it—it's not—it's not not even to scale with a human body, you know. Like, if your human body is this big and your fly body is this big, you know, and you make them the same size, you you transfer that fly head over. It's not going to be that huge. It just is. It looks like it's a balloon head, right?
1: It it was like I said. It looked like he got his head stuck in a pinata and he's trying to get it off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's Mr. Bean stuck in the turkey or something yeah. like that. It actually, it does kind of remind me of that now that you say. It. Yeah. So. So this one. Yeah, I, I like it and it's worth watching, but it's it's not one that I say you got to see this.
1: No, I mean, it, see it, this. it was still an enjoyable watch. I mean, it, I'm not I'm never going to tell somebody, no, don't watch that. I would re- reserve that for a different movie in the series, but yeah. Uh, Um, the, the only thing that really hit me to the, where I was like, no, don't do that specifically was the ending. I did not care for the happy ending at all.
0: Wow. Did they completely turn the tables on the original, right? It it just, this is exact. I mean, it's the, it is, it's literally the exact opposite. The, in the original, we're trying to find the other fly so we can, you know, somehow reintegrate them to where, to the original. And oh, it's such a it's a dark, depressing ending. And then with this one, it's we did it. Yay. Hooray.
1: <laughs> actually, actually, you know what? I can totally see the board, mo- the board meeting when they were pitching this or it's like, hey, uh, I got an idea for a sequel. We'll have them except in this one. They'll have the white headed fly and they'll have to go find the body that's running around with the fly head. Let's do that instead. Come on. <laughs> this is money.
0: It's hip. It's happening. It's new. It's now. <laughs> it and just, it's happy.
1: Uh, it, it, it's, it just goes to show you that Hollywood's been doing the recycle, the same thing out across the sequels for much longer than most recently.
0: Yeah. The, uh, but again, the difference is instead of because c- you watch a movie now and a movie comes out and you put it in and you watch it. And if you want to see it again, you put it in again. And watch right it. this you see the fly. You want to see the fly again. How are you going to see the fly again? You go see return of the fly. Yeah. You, you. That's how you see it again. And so there's a lot more forgiveness, I think, on the part of film goers as far as, well, I've already seen this before. This is more of the same, but that's why I'm here. I want more of the same. And, you know, now when we're remaking everything, it it just it's it's because we're making money they're making money they're they're churning it out people are going people are buying but you don't have to the the original exists somewhere and it's very easy to watch usually and yeah i this is definitely i mean it's it's the same movie it's the same movie with a happy ending weaker special effects uh weaker makeup effects
1: yeah but it, it was more action-packed, though. I mean, the, the pacing of it, the pacing of it was better, I mean, by today's standards, because there was always something going on rather than waiting to get into the actual story by trying to convince the wife in the original to start oh, getting yeah. into so i mean i see what they did there and there that that was something i did like was they got to the story and they kept it moving it wasn't so much a potboiler like the like the original was but uh in the same sense you know at what trade-off it was it it was a lesser story um the whole double cross thing they did with the uh with the uh friend i didn't care (laughs) for that theme at all
0: if that felt like it came from a different movie
1: yeah it did it really you did know, like, I felt like I felt like it was the fly meets james Bond
0: it, it yeah, yeah, I mean it just it was a weird thing now, but it, here's what it did for us though if they were going to make a fly movie every year, you can't have a teleportation accident with a fly every time, you know all oh, the fly just happens to go in, and so they did a good job of what is the reason for a fly going in with the sun? And you know, the the go-to I have is, uh, the return of the $6 million man and the bionic woman where it's a TV movie. It's about Steve Austin's son. Uh, Steve Austin was in a plane crash and when he came out of the plane crash, he lost his legs, lost his, his right arm and his right eye, his son also a pilot was in a plane crash. And when he comes out of the plane crash, lost his legs, lost his right arm, lost his eye. And so he's made bionic too. I mean, so it's the exact same thing over again. And it's just coincidence that it happened that way. But with this, you have that bad guy there. Yeah. The bad guy gives a reason and a a meaning for the fly to go in there. He actually thinks, well, this would be ironic. Let's do this, you know? And, and so he does it, and it that I give them I I give them points for that, I give them points for hey if we're gonna follow beat for beat what we did before let's find a logical reason rather than just coincidence right oh, right it's all happening again
1: oh and that was the whole reason why uh, Philippe was even involved in the process was to make sure that the same mistake didn't happen a second time mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah which <laughs> what a waste with of <laughs> Vincent Price. yeah but you know what if
1: vincent price wouldn't have been if vincent price hadn't been in that movie i would think that this movie would have been trash i mean if you're honest about it
0: he he does have a way of elevating what he's in yeah
1: he's the tom hanks of the uh of the
0: (laughs) 50s yeah so then we have the curse of the fly
1: oh good lord
0: all right curse of the fly
1: curse indeed
0: um were there any flies in this movie
1: no <laughs> just,
0: not at all just I their feel, curse i feel i feel
1: cheated and <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll tell you what else caught me off guard about this movie other than the fact that there's no fly in it you turn on the movie and then suddenly there's a woman in her underwear
0: yeah well but that first, caught me off guard but first there's a shattering window and the glass is flying at the screen this was not 3d but it looks like it was meant to be like ooh stuff coming at you, and then this woman comes running out. Yeah, uh, now it's it's what nineteen sixty five now, um, yeah, and she's just running and running and running. Like, what is this movie? And, right, and then uh, she gets uh, to a road. Uh, someone stops his car. It's another Delambre. Uh, now, they say it different. I think in the, the original, it was Delambre. They, they said it that way. They said it one way and then another way in this movie. Like, everyone says their, their names differently. Um, This is Henry Delambre, who is the son of... Philippe. Is it Philippe?
1: Yeah, it's the son of Philippe, because the old man in the movie is Philippe.
0: Are you sure about that? I don't think... Yes. I don't think that's his name though. I'm pretty certain. I I they get he, I think he has a different name. I think it's like I think it's like I'm gonna to have to look it up on IMDb. Is what I think it's like, but and because
1: because the whole and the reason why I know it's Philippe is because the reason why they have the genetic disease that they have is because of uh, uh, Philippe's uh, cross inter, cross uh, intermingling with the fly, which has altered his genetics, which has made made it so he ages faster. Yeah, and he passed that genetic sequence down to his son, so that's the reason why they have to take the serum. Otherwise, they age and decompose. But
0: it's not Philippe. It's Albert. Really, or well, Albert or Martin there's Henry Martin and Albert. those are the three names of the Delambres huh. in this movie,
1: and that's so weird because they intimate that the older gentleman was the uh, guy from the second fly
0: oh, they absolutely do they that's the thing they absolutely are saying he is the one and because his father they they talk about his father being the the guy from the first movie, but then they show a picture of. Philippe from the second movie when they're talking about um andre s- from the first movie
1: it's just another reason why this movie's garbage <laughs>
0: well, it's just it's I'm just hot garbage to, i'm not it, willing to go to <laughs> it,
1: it's hot garbage people don't go watch this movie it's terrible if you just I'll stop say that the, yes <laughs> if, if you if you stop at the second movie you'll be doing yourself a favor
0: here's the thing though <laughs> I, I give them points I give them points for this movie because they do a great job, and this is probably the only thing they did great, of doing a movie that is not just a remake of the original. Because, they, would have,
1: they would have made a better movie if they did.
0: Well, maybe. maybe. <laughs> so, Henry is the grandson of Andre from the first movie, and he has inherited, like you said, this, this disease. That causes rapid aging. We don't know that right away. It's kind of a mystery. He meets this woman who is escaping from uh, an insane asylum, a mental asylum, and they they spend the week in Montreal together. I think it's Montreal. It's some somewhere in Quebec, um, and they fall in love and they get married while he's I, I waiting re- in town for the parts <laughs> for the teleportation device that they're using and so
1: i i wrote that down in my notes exactly like that too hey i've known you for a week but i've seen you in your
0: underwear let's get married it's literally a week <laughs> it's a week <laughs> they're in town for seven days and they get married now they do they do show us a couple scenes of them going for a walk and having a picnic so there's that
1: oh Another thing I have in my notes here, too, apparently this is the first movie they actually call it a teleporter because I put down finally they call it okay. a teleporter. So
0: a little correction for the uh, last movie there. <laughs> so they, he has these fly gene things in him that cause rapid aging because flies, insects age quicker than humans, I guess, is the, the thought. He takes her home then after the parts come into town from London or wherever and we find out that they are the experiments they're doing now. They're actually teleporting people from Canada to London. And there's two brothers, not just one. Uh, <laughs> there's Henry, and then is it I can't remember It's Martin or Albert who's the the other brother. But at,
1: at this point, I just stopped caring, and then I was just <laughs> like, I,
0: I don't even. It's that guy. So this gets really unnecessarily complicated. But we find out they've been doing these experiments. They aren't going great. One of the people who went through the teleportation device and was damaged by this was Henry's wife, who's not dead. She's in a stable outside of the estate there with a couple other disfigured people who have gone through the teleportation device and came out damaged. (laughs) And and so meanwhile, the people... um, The the unfortunate Asian caricatures who uh, run the house, they do not like that Henry has gotten married because his wife is still alive. Yeah. (laughs) And so they're trying to convince the wife that she's going insane. She already is a little bit insane (laughs) because she couldn't handle it when her mother died and she couldn't play the piano anymore because she was a concert pianist. Right. Yeah. And so then you have police get involved, the lady from the asylum is involved and she's trying to find the lady but she waits a week to start looking for her after she escaped in that sh- that raining shower of of glass at the beginning. Right. <laughs> and so then you get into teleportation mistakes. They have to escape. They have to escape to London because the police are closing in on them. And but the uh the, the the damaged human beings who are in those horse stalls or whatever they are get out and they they end up having to kill one they they, they, they take two of them and they transport them back over to london and they are fused together,
1: you know, and that human amoeba that they got from the reintegration, I think was the first cool thing that I saw in that movie up to that point. And that happened like in the last third of the movie,
0: single best uh, makeup <laughs> design at all. I mean, all of those. right. And so, okay. So now the other brother who's in London, he's upset. He doesn't want to do this anymore. And he hates what they're doing. He's met a woman and he wants to spend time with her. So Henry sends their father to London and then he contacts his brother and says, hey, get the reintegrator going because dad's coming. And then this is effective, too. They pull back from the brother who is crying because he destroyed the machine. Well,
1: he was trying to tell them, don't send them. We can't do this. Don't send them. We can't. And the guy would not listen to him to hear the explanation. Not at all. And then when they pulled back and they showed that smashed lab in the London, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm waiting for that dude from the Twilight Zone to come on the screen and start doing the closing monologue at this <laughs> point. Because that, that's what this movie was. This movie felt like a long episode of the Twilight Zone. But we're not done yet. Uh, I wish we were.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so he's about to transport. Uh, it doesn't matter. He's <laughs> he, the, the police come they investigate they're running away from the police. They're going to get in the car and and drive away, but he doesn't have the serum that he needs to keep the aging in check. So he falls into the front seat of the car and turns into a skeleton and, and his wife sees it and they, they go back inside with the police officer.
1: He drank the wrong chalice at the end of Indiana Jones 3.
0: <laughs> he chose poorly. And the film <laughs> is done now. <laughs> but words Actually, pop up is it the end? <laughs> yes. And John is saying, oh, it better be.
1: <laughs> you know, the thing about it is you make the I made the joke about him drinking from the wrong chalice at the end of Indiana Jones 3, but I'm sitting there thinking to myself after I got done watching that movie, you know, no, I chose poorly. Yeah.
0: This movie was the wrong chalice. Right. Well, the
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay. So because these movies are legacy movies in the horror franchise, I always have to look and I'm love horror films. I always have to look at them through that, through that, uh, from that perspective, basically. And it's just like this set the precedent for so many bad things that they do with (laughs) horror sequels. (laughs) Okay, first of all, there's no Vincent Price, right? So, you know, taking away the key characters that make the franchise successful in the sequels without any explanation for those characters not being there. And then making ridiculous leaps in logic, in the story logic, between the franchise films, right? And there's no Fly. It's called it, – it's the, in the Fly franchise, they don't have a single Fly in the movie I'm like, this is the Halloween three. Yes, I was just going to go there. <laughs> this is the Halloween three, the Friday the 13th part five.
0: There. Uh, no, no, no. It, 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 now, let's be fair here. They are continuing a family story. And it they never say the return of the another fly. It's the curse of the fly. The curse from the second movie. This movie completely destroys the happy ending of the previous movie
1: because they also destroyed a good franchise well yeah that
0: too but (laughs) you know the ending of the first of the second movie they take the fly they take the man they put them through and they merge them together and then they put them through again and they bring them back to their original parts right? right well here we have the legacy of that what is it this disease this weird uh aging gene problem that they have and that he he has two children and one of them has it at least i don't know about the other guy but Mm -hmm. well let me ask
1: you this yeah in in the curse of the mummy was the mummy in that movie
0: okay i i I, (laughs) I, that's not fair (laughs) see because the fly technically the fly is in this if you're calling you know philippe from the first or from the second movie he was a fly and he's in this movie except he's not cuz his name is Henry or Albert I can't remember which but right. or Martin Martin or or Albert Henry Henry I'm I'm solid on you're just
1: proving how great of a movie this is by that just letting you know
0: okay so here's what I would <laughs> say to people who have gone this far and haven't seen this movie before I would say to you if the stuff we've said makes you say that sounds like a fun movie <laughs> Um, just be aware. It's not as fun as it sounds, but you might like it. <laughs> now, if any other normal, rational person is out there thinking, I wonder if I should see this. Probably not. Uh, no. And, and there's a reason why it hasn't been released. Like we were saying, uh, I'm not sure if you can buy it by itself. I think it just comes in that, that box set that I got.
1: You know when we were when we were when we were prepping for this, and I I went and I bought the two box sets, and I was t- trying to see if it was cheaper to buy the three individually. You can't get the third one individually; okay. they they have to package it. it's they have to package it in in order to sell it. It's like when they started putting out the X Men movies, and uh, they were trying to package in the Daredevil with it. You, <laughs> you, you can't get rid of it; you got to put it in with something somebody wants. So, uh,
0: you know. <laughs> It's almost like this is just one great big long DVD extra. Like you're ah. not buying it for this, but we have this, so we might as well give it to you.
1: Right? So look how generous we are. I I I think that's the reason why the box set was so cheap. They probably would have co- it probably would have cost more if they didn't put it in there.
0: Oh, man, but the first movie for sure. I, I think it's pretty clear. I think we both have the same. Like we would we would rank these the same way, right? The, the first one's the best.
1: They're they're yes. ranked in the no, in the order that they were released.
0: Yeah, and, and so you know you were talking about you know setting trends for horror movies to come. This definitely sets a trend. It doesn't set the trend. I mean, there's there's probably previous ones that did this, but where it just doesn't. It just slowly gets worse and worse. Like oh yeah, the, the I mean, Jaws the Jaws movie franchise where each movie just progressively gets a little bit worse than the one before until you get to the last one where it's a lot bit worse. It's a lot. Bit, yeah.
1: Um, no, but I mean, you go back to the universal ones; it's, it, 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 it's the same route as you progress through them with the exception of going from Frankenstein to bride of Frankenstein, which was arguably a step up. Um, but like, say for instance, you go from Dracula and then you go to uh, house of Dracula and then house of Frankenstein where you have all three monsters, kind of duking it out i mean those last movies the continuity was shot the whole reason for the monsters be, being there was completely contrived and it was just awful so i mean it, it had happened
0: prior but it's
1: not necessarily a business model i'd want to emulate
0: no no i don't think anyone steps into the business model and says you know what we should do i got an idea let's make this let's... great movie okay we have that great movie but Let's do another one, but just a little bit worse. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? For the third one, what we should do, we should just totally like throw it in the mud and step on it.
1: Hey, well, here's here's the thing on that, though. I can understand why the second one would have been a step down because they cranked it out within a year of the first one. And so usually when sequels come out uh, just annually, when they annualize the sequels, you're going to have – a diminishing story because they don't have the time to put into it and be able to put the thought in it. But there was six years between number two and number three, and that was the best story they could come up with.
0: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Again, I I think some of the ideas that are here that they're, they're, they're toying with like the idea of, okay, we're experimenting with teleportation. There's stuff you can do with that, but then there's just stuff that just doesn't make sense. Okay. His wife went through, and it didn't go well. Mm hmm. And so now they're just keeping her alive out in a barn. Yeah, it, it just. Well, you know what kind of cracked me
1: up about that scene, though? I, I, when they have the guy's new wife going out there and she discovers the holding cells. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I know when I go, I'm see holding cells on a property that I'm not familiar with. The first thing I'm going to do is go try to look inside.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or get away. Well,
1: I would I would get away. But I mean, she just goes right up. You know, I wonder what's in here.
0: It just there's a lot of stuff. Idea wise that I could say, yeah, you know what? When they were thinking this through, there's some neat ideas here. But the execution is awful. It is not good. It is not great. It is the kind of thing that I enjoyed watching once in a while. And I probably will never watch this one again. I've, I've seen it twice now. That's enough. Uh, once was seven years ago.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think it's one that you pull out every decade or so just because you're going through the series. I'm a completionist when it comes to watching movies. If I watch one, I have to watch them all. So, (laughs) but, um, the, uh, I think that this movie just felt really disconnected from the rest of the series. It reminded me a lot of, I, I know you're probably not super familiar with the Hellraiser movie series.
0: I, I have a passing familiarity. Okay,
1: what they did with the series after they went past number four, they basically stopped writing original screen uh, original scripts for that series. And basically what they do is they pick up these scripts that people would write for their own movies and they would they would basically just retcon uh, pinhead into it and then just kind of make it fit in the whole Hellraiser franchise. And that's kind of what it feels like that they did with this movie is just it felt like they had the script They had to do a teleportation. And they just try to tack it onto the fly franchise to make it work because hey, we got this other movie that dealt with transporta- uh, tra- uh, transporters, so let's see if it works.
0: <laughs> but it's so deeply, in- it's it's horribly and yet deeply ingrained in the chronology with with the whole you know aging of them, but that's related to flies and uh, but. And then yeah. it just ends, and and you you think that's it, that's it. There's nothing more. Yeah, I was clicking
1: my heels, my god. There was no that's it. That was like, oh, finally.
0: Yeah, it could have been a, a, it could have been a really fun and interesting and not franchise crushing movie, but nope, they made this one instead. So, this, this is where we went so let's let's talk about some of those weak connections, John, because weak connections there's some easy things you can pull from these things- these movies and uh, there's things about you know our responsibility with science and in the first movie, they actually talk about how um you know we we use science to explore what God has given us basically i mean they almost use those words where they're talking about you know science is is used to explore god's creation and th- you know, there's certain places where you shouldn't go or, yeah. or you know, classic old school sci fi movie themes. Um, but you've got weak connections. I want to hear them.
1: All right. All right. So for the original fly or weak connection, sometimes sin can seem like a glorious advancement or being progressive. But in the end, it just deranges you into something hideous that becomes progressively more difficult to control.
0: Yeah, it's all right there. Yeah, it's like they wrote the movie so you could make that conclusion.
1: Hey, you know what? I've seen I've seen uh, theories that uh, the JFK assassination was plotted by Elvis and J Edgar Hoover, and they, that can seem pretty convincing if you put the pieces together.
0: <laughs> the pieces are there. They are. The, the truth is out there. Yeah. All right. So, what about Return of the Fly then?
1: Return of the Fly. All right. Uh, basically, this is just a, this movie is just a great illustration of Proverbs twenty six eleven, which is one of my favorites. Like a dog returns to his vomit, so <laughs> a fool who re- so is a fool who repeats his folly.
0: Nice, that's really good. All right, that's not a weak connection. Almost, <laughs> you but know it, it is, but it, it almost isn't.
1: It's, it's it's how I watch horror films. I need my justification somewhere. Okay, All right. uh. <laughs> and Curse of the Fly. Um, and then this movie just demonstrates the inevitable outcome of a lifetime chasing after that original sin.
0: I is. can make it work. I can make it OK. Now, are you talking about these people who made the film or are you talking about the people in the film who are <laughs> yes. chasing after that? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: See, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, could, you could look at it both ways if you really wanted to. Yeah. Now, and I, I do think that there is some good stuff to chew on in the first one there is relationship stuff where honestly if uh Andre in the first movie that guy is obsessed with his science and and just can't let it go he he um he doesn't pay attention to his child he he makes a promise to his child and then backs out on it because he's doing science um, he, well, takes, he neglects
1: it. He neglects his family for weeks at a time.
0: Yeah. And it's just okay because that's what he does. And then he finally takes his wife on a date and they're at the ballet he starts writing scientific equations on the program. And, you know, this is, it's definitely the, the whole, what, where your treasure is there, your heart will be, you know, yeah. that's, that's what it is right there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, that's an, i don't think that is a weak connection i think that's really something they're trying to show is you know where you know, where your obsession leads you well obsession leads to to doom uh return of the flight the same thing the difference is there's a happy ending
1: yeah <laughs> and, well and i think that's another reason why the first one was so much better is because there event there eventually comes a there eventually comes a point in you know the things that you do, where it's just like it's too late for repentance. It's just like once you cross a certain threshold, it's there's nothing you can do about it. And
0: yeah, there's forgiveness and also natural consequences. Exactly. You know, I've heard people say, you know, I I turned to God, I changed, but I'm still having to deal with the stuff I was dealing with before, and it's just, you know, the that's the bed you made. Yeah. You know, and and you are a changed person. But that doesn't change the reality of what you've done to people or, or the, the position you've put yourself in. And God's with you, and now you're seeking him through it. That's the difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can jump off a bridge, repent on the way down. You're still going to hit the ground when you get there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Curse of the Fly. Oh, I had something for this one, too. What was it? Oh, it was, this whole thing is all based on lies. Like they're, Everyone's life in this whole place is based on we're lying to each other. We're keeping the truth from each other. And it's just not worth watching to get any kind of moral lesson that could possibly come out of it.
1: Agreed. Well, I mean that, that this movie is what I have, I've described other movies like this and I'll describe this one the same way. It's just a story about terrible things happening to terrible people.
0: That's yeah. Yeah. Except for the, the wife, the, the, the new wife, I should say
1: she, Uh. she's, no, she lied to the guy at the beginning about who she was. Well,
0: they 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 didn't. She didn't lie to him as much as they just agreed not to tell the truth about each mm-hmm. other. But
1: it, that's that's no, lying lying by omission, isn't
0: it? But but they're upfront about it. <laughs> I won't tell you my secrets if you don't tell me your secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we've talked enough about Curse of the Fly. I really don't know if there's much more for us to do here with it.
1: Oh, come on, man. Don't you want to <laughs> dig through the garbage a little bit more?
0: Oh, uh, I think that I'm I need to take a shower is what I need to do. <laughs> so, hey, John, where can people find you online? Um, well, I am
1: actually starting my own podcast pretty soon here called the uh Taboo the Christian Taboo podcast. Um you can find us on Facebook. And uh, we also have a website that's in the midst of being put together right now. It's uh, thechristiantaboo.com. Uh, we don't have any episodes yet. I'm thinking we're probably going to be putting our first episode out sometime around Halloween.
0: Okay, so probably right after this, this is released. So, all right, great. Hey, next episode of Strangers and Aliens is going to be about the, the duology um, Fly and Fly 2. Uh, from the 80s 1986 and 1989 starring jeff goldblum and eric stoltz and there's a lot of similarities in how they chose to do the sequels here but there's also a whole lot of stuff that's different so yeah um until next time then uh thank you for listening and godspeed you've been listening to the strangers and aliens podcast hosted by ben avery Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at aliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Help me. Please help me.